Welcome to another episode of Mended and Whole, a podcast dedicated to healing hearts and renewing minds. And now, here's your host, Sonia Collins. Hi, welcome, friends. I am Sonia Collins, and I am so excited to share what I have learned about spiritual realities by sharing my life lessons, <laughs> what I didn't learn in school. <laughs> um, I believe that uh, the God that created uh, the heavens and the earth, uh, that He has spoken and He has established um, spiritual realities in the spirit, but also in the natural. And um, it is important and essential that in order to reconcile what goes on in our life, that we must understand what the good old book says. It may be an old book, but it's very, very true. It's just like trying to um, walk out life without having any instructions. And I feel that there's nothing that we can encounter, experience, or face that God has not already spoken about it in the book the Bible. And it is up to us whether we uh, like consider his ways and what he has said about it, or we can just uh, go out on our own way and find that later um, that indeed it was the right thing to do. So um, anyways, I wanted to um, talk and share about my origin story. Uh, I currently live in Austin, Texas, actually in the outskirts in Cedar Park, Texas, with my uh, amazing husband, Scott, uh, of 21 years. We have three teenagers, ages 13, 16, and 18. And um, we are just uh, busy raising a family in this uh, beautiful city. Um a little bit about myself. Um, I was born in Texas, but I was raised in Mexico, which is Anahuac, Nuevo León, about an hour away from the border in Laredo, Texas. And I was the fifth child out of six children. Um, my parents are good, sweet people, but but also hurting people. Um, they didn't know um, the Lord. They didn't had a lot of emotional um, support, and um, in consequence, they were not very present emotionally or connected with our children. Um, so we grew up dysfunctional. It was all emotional. We were never like verbally abused or beaten or molested, but it was the neglect, the. This, the emotional disconnect can be very traumatizing as well as the other types of uh, neglect or abuse. So my dad, what his, he passed away a couple of years ago. He was an amazing, very honest, responsible, hardworking man that worked six months out of the year in like Alaska or different projects to provide for the f- family. He was an excellent provider. Uh, he would come home and he would tap me on the head and he would just go on to the next thing, like if he was there the previous day. So 
it always um, uh, created in me such a thirst and a desire to connect with my father. So um, my sweet mom was uh, didn't get a lot of um, fam- family support. Her mom was disconnected as well, and her uh, mother-in-law was disconnected with her. They were just a little bit on the harsher side. And it was just, I just, I mean, I just admire my mom trying to raise six kids, you know, without a lot of affirmation or emotional connection. But she did the best she could. And we all made it. We all grew up. But of course, looking back, there's a lot of brokenness and dysfunctionality and aches and issues of self-worth, etc. Um, but God, as I said, I was very hungry for uh, emotional connection. So I felt like I used to talk to God uh, in my thirst uh, and my hunger for connection. I remember I was about five or six years old and I grabbed the Bible and I opened it and tried to read, but I had a severe, severe to profound stuttering problem, which I believe it was a predisposition in my DNA, in my body, that it doesn't have to manifest. It's just a predisposition, but because of the psychosocial environment of being so lonely and in and, and afraid of my future. I remember at five or six years old, I was so lonely, even though I was fed three times a day and I had a safe home and a roof over my head and my siblings, we were in the same room. I was lost and lonely and filled with fear because there was no security in my heart of hearts because of the emotional disconnect. So I remember um, I had a very severe stuttering problem and I couldn't even speak with my mom. I was I would try to say something and she would just go to the next thing. And I uh, was just attempting, I had this huge block uh, and I just couldn't say anything or talk and she would just tie my shoelaces and just let me go and without it following up or through, you know, whether as to what I wanted to say. So that would speak volumes to my self-worth. And uh, so I remember um, I grabbed the Bible and I said, uh, I tried to read Genesis 1 and I couldn't read aloud. So I read it. In, I tried to read it in my head, but it was very hard. I was behind a couple of years in my ability to comprehend uh, uh, reading what I read. So I said, God, if you're real, when I be big, I want to read the Bible. So um, I said that in my heart of hearts. I was, I was about six or so. Fast forward, um, about 13 uh, years of age, uh, my father decided to move us to live in Laredo, Texas, in the border. And um, the first week that we were there, I had an aunt visit from Eagle Pass, and she invited me to go and spend a week with her and her husband in Eagle Pass. So I had not started school yet in the United States, so I said, why not? You know, my dad gave me permission, so I went. And little did I know that um, every time after lunch, my aunt would read the Bible. And I remember I said, I have always wanted to read the Bible. 
And um, she said, well, here's a New Testament. Why don't you read the Gospel of John? Uh, so I read chapter one. I didn't understand it. Chapter two, I didn't understand chapter three. I was reading about Nicodemus, this guy that came to Jesus at night. He was a ruler um, in the synagogue, and he came to Jesus at night. And I said, what do I need to be to do to be safe? And Jesus said, you must be born again. And I remember I turned to my aunt and I said, how can a grown man be born again if he's a grown man? And she goes, that's interesting that you ask that, because if you continue reading, Jesus told, uh, he asked Jesus the same question. And Jesus said, you must be born of the spirit. And then I said, what does that mean? She said, we all have sinned, but Jesus came to reconcile us back to our heavenly father. Uh, we are born in sin and he initially made everything right. And then because of sin, uh, there was a uh, like a separation between God and men, but God wants men in to be back in relationship with him. And then she said, would you like to accept Jesus in your heart? So I was raised Catholic. I did everything that was required of me, the baptism, affirmation, communion, everything. Um, but I never heard this was complete full news to me. So I said, yes, absolutely. So I... I'm telling you, do not ever underestimate the power of a short, sincere prayer. I think it was maybe no more than 40, 45 seconds. Like, Jesus, I receive you as my Lord and Savior. I believe that you die for me and you're raised from the dead. And thank you that your blood cleans me of all sins and iniquities or something to that effect. And then... That was it. And then I opened my eyes and she said, do you know that the Bible says that there's a, have, a feast in heaven because you have repented? You uh, you accepted God in your heart. And I just like, I saw it. Like I totally believe her. I was such in uh, so innocent and so hungry. So she gave me a little New Testament and I was returned to Laredo. And oh my goodness, my life changed so very much. Uh, nobody knew, like my parents didn't know, but I used to curse severely. I used to curse all the time because I had three brothers. So it was like part of the culture, but who knew that a 13 year old would curse and speak the way that I did. But when I came back, I realized that I tried to open my mouth and I just could not curse anymore. And I said, oh my gosh, I wonder if this is what I was reading in the gospel of John chapter three, that I'm a new person, that that indeed, but that's amazing because I didn't try to stop cursing. I just stopped cursing. So uh, I think there was a spiritual exchange in which I gave God who I was and he put a new spirit in me. Just as he said. So fast forward um, to about um, I don't know seven, six, seven years later. Uh, uh, after high school, um, I uh, decided to get a degree in psychology and business administration, and uh, so I moved to San Marcos, Texas, and um, I went wild. Um, I uh, went in the complete opposite direction of the ways of God. And um, when I was about 24 years old, 
I took a year off and I just dis- I still had a stuttering problem though. And I felt like God said to me that I needed to be a speech pathologist. And I didn't know how because I was so broken still emotionally. But um, I remember one day, I know it sounds a little confusing, but all that time, even though I walked with God, there was just a brokenness inside of me. Something was broken in my heart of hearts. And I think it was just the trauma of growing up, you know, uh, the uh, lack of, of acknowledgement and the lack of affirmation creates this just brokenness in self-worth. So even though I did get a degree and I had excellent grades, uh, I still was having difficulty paying for my bills. So I just, uh, I did some studying and I, I wanted to be a counselor, but I said, no, being a speech pathologist pays way better. So I decided, I really felt like God said that to me. And in my second semester, I got a of a very painful relationship, and I was very broken. And when I would feel depressed, I would go to God, and he would like totally stabilize me emotionally. And then when I would feel better, I would just go back to be unfaithful and do crazy flaky things. And like, um, and um, so I remember I opened my Bible at random, and uh, I opened it in Revelations chapter 3, 15, something to the effect of, you say that you see, but you indeed are naked and blind and deaf and broken and everything. So I said, because you are, I wish you were either cold or hot, but because you are warm, I'm going to spit you out. And I remember I closed the Bible and I just like cry from the deepest, deepest place in my heart. I cry and I had an amazing Holy Spirit visitation. I cry. It was a cleansing, healing cry in the morning. I think I was crying from like 11 or 12 to all the way to like 6 30 in the morning. I cry so much. I don't think that I have ever cried so much in my life up to this day. I think it was a baptism of love and cleansing and healing. And I woke up the next morning like Rocky Balboa. <laughs> I was so swollen. But the beautiful thing that I was so free and I was so clean. So I call my so called friends and said, Guys, don't call me back. I just, I'll, I'll bless you. I'll see you later or whatever. Please don't call me back. I'm not going back to do what I was doing. So I just was alone again, but there was, I was alone with God. And there was such a contentment in my heart of hearts. Like I didn't know, but I just took refuge in worship and praise and also the scriptures. And he, every night, I used to just put my headphones with my little uh, cassette player and listen to worship. Um, um, and it just really, the Holy Spirit would come and completely give me clear uh, emotional stability and clarity. And I knew what I needed to do. So um, it's something supernatural um, that it was the beautiful, sweet visitations that I had. And it was amazing, but God began to heal my heart and the stuttering problem began to completely just go away. At first, I used to prepare and do my presentations in front of like 50 or 60 students at the master's level. And I was nervous and get 
a little nervous the first 30 seconds or 45 seconds. And then I just had this boldness and this clarity that would come. And I realized that God, that I was an underdog with no potential of healing um, in my heart or even from the stuttering issue that I had. But God, as I obey and stepped out in calling me to do something that I was not equipped to do, like having a severe stuttering problem and actually becoming a speech-language pathologist. It was only God that can call you to do, you know, what is impossible. And everything that God calls us to do is impossible. And this is the beauty that there's nothing impossible with God and for God. And um, so fast forward, I became a very successful um, speech-language pathologist. And I, I uh, work uh, with, um, uh, I did three internships and I decided that uh, I love working with adults. And that was my strength and my gifting. So I work in um, ICU, intensive care, home health, acute, long-term, short-term, a patient, a hospice, you name it. I did it all for over 20-something years. And I loved uh, what I did. Um, and I was very good. I am very good at it. And uh, it is just the joy of finding your calling. You know, I'm trying to help people to recover from uh, strokes and being able to regain the ability to speak, to think properly, and also to swallow again. And um, I had a lot of opportunity to uh, um, counsel people um, in strategies on how to regain control of those areas as a speech pathologist, but I also had a lot of opportunity to counsel with families. And... um, so it is something that I have enjoyed very much. My life has been very prophetic. But um, one thing, going back really quick, when I was about six years old, um, I never thought that God could possibly talk to me. And I remember I um, heard um, when I was about five, six years old, this uh, singer that was very famous say that he talked to God and God talked to him. And I remember I ran to my sister's Room and she had an LP record with the picture of this singer, and I would just stare at him like for several minutes, over and over, and I would say, "Wow, you must be so special for God to talk to you." And just as a little girl, I didn't know that you needed to be special for God to talk to me. But fast forward now, I'm 53 years old, and I'm telling you that. God wants to talk to you, whether you know it or not. And he's talking all the time. And it is amazing to realize that the maker of heaven and earth thinks you are amazing and that you are worthy and that he desires to have relationship with you. And um, not only now I have the ability to hear God through um, um, things in my life, like a sign, like in the Bible. Sometimes I may see a picture or hear his voice, but also hear him for others. And I have had way too many amazing life lessons not to share with others. Um, There is a lot of 
wounded and broken, sweet people who are stuck because they have tried, but they cannot get emotionally unstuck. Um, they feel uh, guilty, unworthy, un unlovable, insignificant, and they feel lack of purpose. And even counseling and coaching is just not enough. Why? Because it's deeper. It begins in the spirit. It begins with reconnecting with the maker of heaven and earth. So um, also, I was, um, in the last 20 years, I was sick for about 14 years. I got bit by a tick in 1999, a very infected tick when my hubby and I were um, in New Mexico. And that tick made me severely sick. It had um, many, many infections, multiple deadly infections. Um, I had to be on antibiotics and for a long, long period of time. But before that, I saw about 30-something doctors. I know it's not an exaggeration. Uh, all of my systems in my body were compromised. And um, even though the, they said that there's no cure or that you will always have it, it is really, I don't believe that to be true. It's almost like the flu or whatever, you know, but if you cooperate with your body and if you renew your mind, your body was created to heal itself, but it must have what it needs. And uh, I went through a journey uh, through that and God has given me complete victory. God is amazing. I also, in addition, like if having Lyme and lupus and scleroderma and all of those five autoimmune issues, uh, actually five diagnosed and the sixth one that was baking or in, in transition to be manifested. I had all this stuff. And you know what? I felt like I wanted to die. So I have had uh, a lot of emotional uh, pain in my life. I had a lot of sickness in my life. And but God has, uh, when I hit bottom, God was able to help me because working in healthcare and going to the best of the best doctors, it was just not enough. My healing began when I began to connect with God and I went back to the source, like going back to the basics in which I, um, I have said, God, nutrition is not healing me. Um, Bible verses, I had binders of Bible verses and I didn't have the revelation. I was angry at God. And one day I was uh, with a, a very high fever, uh, having lupus and Lyme together. Usually fever is like a staple every day. Uh, I, I felt like I had the flu 24-7. It was like a flu that would never go away. So I would have, um, I would regain some of my function and go and work part-time here and there or whatever, but I never had the quality of life. To be honest, I wanted to die. I wanted my husband to get remarried and just, I just wanted to be at peace and just be with God because nobody should feel the way that I felt every single day. So one day I was in bed and 
um, I was talking to God and I said, I am angry, I'm hurting. And you know what, God, even when you tell me that you love me, it means nothing to me. It means nothing to me. It's like if you say that table is red, so what, right? And I said, I have read the Psalms since I was 13 years old, and I have loved your word and love you since my youth. And here I am, infested with this pestilence of the Lyme and the co-infections, and I also pass it on to my children. It was just ridiculous. So I was very heartbroken and I was having this heart to heart with God, but I was like accusing God. I said, God, I feel that you are you have been watching me suffer for 14 years. However, you are saying in Acts 2 that uh Acts 1 or 2 that you want me to go and be a witness for you to go to the ends of the earth. How can I possibly be a witness to you when I cannot even get out of bed, make my bed, and be there for my husband, my amazing husband, by the way, because he stood up by me with such an excellence and uh, in everything he did for me. He never denied me any kind of treatment, whatever, but it was just never enough because of what I was dealing with. But he just deserves a medal. And um, a lot of marriages don't make it through sickness. I can tell you that. It was very, very hard. But God is, is so amazing and so is God. So, But anyways, um, as I was telling God that um, I don't feel, I feel that you're just watching me suffer. And I, how can I trust you or, or believe your word when I feel that you are just watching me suffer. And I heard loud and clear, grab your Bible and read Job chapter 38 and 39. And I said, hmm? I said, God, I I have only read the book of Job in the Old Testament early in the 1990s once. And I said, dang, what a dark book this is. What good can possibly come from the book of Job? So I begin, (laughs) I opened the Bible and I read Job 38 and it opens with God talked to Job from the whirlwind and something to the effect of who, and God said to Job, who is this? That darkens my counsel with questions without knowledge. Who is that? If you are a man, stand up and now talk to me like a man. And so, well, God was talking to me. I was Job because I was accusing God of things that I didn't understand. And he just went on. And if you take the time to read Job 38 and 39, I ended up laughing and crying at the same time because he goes through this list. Like where, do you know how many days does the uh, deer have to uh, 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 deliver its baby, et cetera, et cetera. He goes through this long list, lists of things that I have no idea. Do you know where God hides the hell 
the storage of hell for the time of war and all these amazing things. So I just like, no, no, sorry, Lord. No, no, no. I didn't know the answer to any one of the questions. And I realized that I was accusing God. He said to me, you are barking at the wrong tree. You are accusing me of allowing sickness in your life when you are indeed in a fallen world, but I am not a fallen God. The reason that you are suffering as much as you are is because you don't have understanding. Now that you have asked, I will open your ability to understand through my scripture. So I began to ask for wisdom and understanding. And slowly the Lord to begin to, um, it began by not only forgiving myself for not understanding, but also forgiving God. Um, not I mean, Some people say, how dare you? No, I'm talking about for me is, I am the one that don't understand, but forgiving God for not understanding his ways in a way. I was not accusing him. It was the, the situation, you know, just releasing that offense that I had at God for not understanding him or understanding his ways. And that's the beauty about a relationship. You know, sometimes I see my kids getting mad at me you know, for not understanding when I asked them to do something because mom has been there, done that. And sometimes I already know the end from the beginning. Why? Because I am where I am in my journey and they're just beginning. So I began to understand and God just began to slowly begin to not only heal my heart and my emotions, but also refresh refresh the way I saw myself and um, disconnect with the lies and the agreements that I had made with sickness, the agreements that I had made that I was going to die young. And um, because I really felt that I was never going to hit 50 years old, but God is like um, in Psalm 91, 16, it says, I will satisfy you with long life long life. And I've said, well, if I'm 46 or 45 years old, that's not a long life. So it is not your will for me to be sick or die. So I began to to tackle different lies that I had believed. And uh, God also showed me in Proverbs 3 and 4, how I had written myself lies in the tablet of my heart. I even remember exactly where I was. When I heard God uh, remind me that I was writing on my heart what I believe, and whatever I spoke, it would it would become a reality. So I had to begin to be aware and retrain my heart and renew my mind. So I gave God permission to heal my wounded and broken heart, and then. I had the ability to be able to renew my mind and think differently that God has good plans for me, that I do have a future, that I have a good expected end, that I have a mission to help others, um, to empower others 
with the truth that God knows them, that God sees them, and that God understands them. And that brings a very deep healing in their hearts of hearts, in the spirit, because Proverbs says that we live out of the heart. And everything, that perspective and the worldviews is out of the heart. And it is essential that we train our heart in the way that it should go. I was stuck for a long time because I believe the lie that I could not change my own heart, but it is not true. If whatever the condition of the heart, we can change, we can train the heart in the way that it can go or it should go by telling ourselves the truth. Like I may feel lonely, I'm broken, but God says in his word that he will never leave me or forsake me. So I may feel lonely in my mind and I, uh, I feel it's not a reality. The reality is that God is here with me right now and that he said that he will never leave me or forsake me. So um, fast forward, I'm sorry, I seem to be going back and forth, but um, I just hope that uh, anything that I said may be a blessing to you. Fast forward um, to 2020, um, a couple, uh, about three years ago, I um, laid down my career to honor and uh, my parents and take care of them. Um, and... I have um, volunteering in food pantries, uh, working with the homeless, and I've seen a lot of brokenness. And it has been such a joy to be uh, working, uh, praying for people in food pantries. They go and get food, but um, they actually their heart and their spirit is broken. So it's been such a joy to be to uh, remind them I have seen a lot of lives change and restore just by sharing with them the understanding of the ways of God that I have to the level that I have experienced him. So um, anyways, thank you so very much for um, being in my uh, journey, listening to this journey. This is I am... I have been procrastinating this for over a year because I tend to be a perfectionist and a strict one. So if it's not perfect, I don't want to put it out there. But God has been reminding me that I am, um, I am enough and that I am ready and just to step out and share with others. Uh, what I have, what I know to be true and what I have experienced. So thank you so much for listening and I will catch you on the next episode. I will be talking about ways and tools for for uh, healing of your heart and renewing of your mind. Please, if this bless you, reach out to me and let me know. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Mended and Whole podcast. To join our community, visit mendedandwhole.com today.